So you've heard it said before that the kingdom or the reign of heaven is at hand. Heaven is on earth. So it's fine. Everything is fine. Well, okay, maybe it's been unusually hot outside. Maybe some of the landmark protective steps that generations before us fought to win for us so that we could expand the opportunities, the possibilities of opportunity. Maybe those are under successful assault. Maybe democracy's fragility is in full display as we head into another year of Lord knows what. But it's fine. Everything's fine. That meme Is anyone familiar with the It's Fine meme? Yeah, a few of you, right? Well, that became famous in 2016. That's when it reached viral status, which, as you can remember, was quite a year. And the cartoonist, Casey Green, who made it, I'm going to describe it for you, drew this dog in a hat, sitting at a table, drinking a cup of coffee, Well, we don't know what was in that cup, but it's a coffee cup. Anyway, the problem was he was in a room up in flames, but the simple little cartoon bubble read, this is fine. And 2016, the year that this went huge was a lot of things, right? It's the year that I started at this church, so I love it for that. But it was also a year of incredible worldwide, national, and even local strife. And it was so tense, in some ways, more tense than anyone alive had ever witnessed for some of us at a certain age. But if you're listening to this, and if you're in this room, then it means that you lived through that. You also lived through 2020 and 2021, and 2022, and we know what happened in those years. It's fine, everything's fine, and to a certain degree, it is, isn't it? Right in this moment, you're here in church, or you're at home in church, and you could be taking a walk, listening to a podcast, you're in church, or you could be sitting in your jammies because church this movement that came out of people's homes and was built in the street. All you have to do to be in church is to evoke the Holy Spirit and be open to God's word and to have community around you. Here you are worshiping, so you are fine. But it's not always fine, is it? You are in church, and it's fine here, and we work really hard to make that so. But right where you are at this particular moment, I, experience, I imagine that you're experiencing fineness, and that's something that mindfulness teaches. I don't know how many of you practice that, but I try. Even if all around you there are flames licking the wall. And this is the thing. The curious thing, the paradoxical thing that faith asks of us. Faith gives us this spot, this place where we find our way to find. 
no matter what else is happening. And as a follower of Jesus, you inherit what we call a dual citizenship. You are a citizen of earth and a citizen of heaven both at once. And when Jesus brought the reign of heaven right to our doorstep, we got the chance to live, yes, on earth, as our faith allows, but we also get to reign with the saints in heaven, the heaven that's right here, right now, not later, not just in the future, right now. Heaven isn't just in the clouds, it's right here and it's right now. And in heaven, who's in charge? God. What this means is that in the space of your life, where God is in charge, it actually is fine. It's fine. It's more than fine, in fact. It's heavenly. So how do we access this space? Because I know that we all need it. Good Lord, do we need it. And in this passage from Matthew 18, which is one of the best-known passages in Scripture, I hear about it all the time, Jesus gives us the way. And actually, so many of us might miss it because it requires such a shift of mindset that it sometimes is easy to ignore. Contextually, recall that the disciples were actually asking Jesus about whatever hierarchy there might be in heaven. This is something that people were kind of obsessed with. Who would be the greatest? Who'd be in charge? They wanted to know. Lest you all be changed, Jesus says, you disciples will never enter the realm of the heavens. Okay. So some major change is required, but what change is it? And Jesus' answer is very clear. It's that we have to become like children. And I think, folks, this is where we stumble. What did Jesus mean by that, to become like a child? Does that mean, I don't know, I spend a lot of time with children. Does it mean talking back? and complaining about how much longer will it take till we get there, because that's what I hear a lot of kids asking. Or might it mean subservience? I don't think so. I don't know. But what I do believe is that Jesus had something entirely different in mind. And one thing that I have truly marveled at in my own time with children is the way that they simultaneously occupy the world of light and shadows or sleep and waking with the continuity that many of us eventually train out of ourselves as adults. And I, what I believe Jesus knows is that children have the intuitive capacity to inhabit the worlds of their dual citizenship in a way that gets hardened or calcified out of us as adults. They can teach us how to live simultaneously in the world's realm, but also in God's realm, both and, not either or. How? How do we do that? I think we go with what children do best. We create, like they do. We create. 
and when we lean into our creative capacities with the goal of finding that spirit-filled connection, that spot, that place where, yes, indeed, it is okay, we with God actually do create it together, and we become what, church, what churchy folk call co-creators with God. Or as my brother in Hollywood would put it, God, yeah, God's the showrunner, but you become the producer. You could say, but pastor, I'm, I don't have a creative bone in my body. I'm not creative. And I don't think many people in this congregation would say that, but someone out there would. And in response, what I would say is child of God, create anyway. Cause something new to begin. Breathe life into something that you thought was dead. Mold some clay. Because Jesus has given you an assignment here in Matthew 18, child of God, create. And you have the tools for this. You have imaginations. You may not even think you're imaginative, but I know most, almost everybody I know has anxiety. And is anxiety not just a form of imagination gone amok? You have an imagination. And you likely have hands, too. And so to help this exercise of what I'm inviting us all into, I'd actually like to invite you into a two-step exercise. First, I'd love for you to call to your mind's eye your last creative endeavor. For me, honestly, it was composing this sermon. Actually, no. It was a series of text messages I had with a friend last night who's in a point of crisis. And my creative endeavor was to help that person to think of a different way of approaching the situation. Or maybe for you, it was recalling that someone you were really upset with was actually still a child of God, and you found a way to respond to them, not in kind for what they invite or maybe even deserved, but you give them kindness and love. That takes creativity. You may be a musician. You may be a visual artist, an artist who, who moves. You could be a content creator, a queen, a poet, a teacher, a priest. What have I forgotten? What was your last creative endeavor? And as you think of that, I want you to ask yourself, in this act of creation, was there even a glimpse of the sublime or of transcendence when you got to go beyond yourself, when you were able to elevate? That is heaven. And for so many of our creative endeavors, we need our hands. And I would like, as step two, I'd love for you to take your hands, to take a close look at them. Just think for a moment about the many things that your hands have created over the years. What clay have you molded? 
What words have you brought to life? What medium have you transformed? What chords have you fashioned together for song? What message have you conveyed? What code have you strung? What fashion have you devised? What lesson plan have you written? What have you created with these hands that God has given you? And as you think of this, I'd like to ask you to determine your own way to experience heaven in the here and now. Let your hands be your reminder of your assignment to create. Unless this message come off as glib or shallow, understand this, please. Non-creators fall into patterns, bad patterns, the kind Jesus actually talks about at the end of this passage. But creators disrupt the patterns, especially the bad patterns, because the world does actually happen to be burning, and there are flames looking all around us, and the flames will go out when we disrupt them and create. And we face those problems with God's help and guidance and leadership. And so we now can go forth and make and create something new. That is your assignment, co-creator, with the help of God, both now and forever. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for this element of worship. We are so grateful that you have entrusted the park with this moment to hear music, to listen to the word of God, whatever it may be. And we just ask for your support. The park only functions with the generous donations of people like you. And 100% of your donation goes to the incredible ministries of this church, which give and give and give again. Thank you for the ways that you give in advance and for all that you might be ready to give in the future. God bless you and amen.